Blog Talk Radio. Welcome also to everyone watching on YouTube via video. You're going to be able to see this whole talk show behind the scenes. This is a casual laid back day to try and do both, which is one on video and one on audio. For those of you who want to listen online, just go to blogtalkradio.com slash Tom Stevens LPC. And if you want to see it via video and see my face and listen to the same material, but just live in front of me, you can go to YouTube and just search Tom Stevens LPC, and I think it should pull it up. Today, we've got quite a show. I just can't get away from social media and all of the things that are happening in today's world with social media, especially for teenagers. But I want to also talk about younger people, too. I understand four- and five-year-olds may not get into deep social media trouble, so that may not be as much of an issue, but it's great for parents of four and five-year-olds to understand what's coming down the pipeline because your children will grow up pretty soon too. I've said it for years now. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I'm a psychotherapist. I've been treating children and their families for over almost 25 years now. My wife and I both do. And we have seen social media non-existent and we've seen it in today's world. And I tell parents today, just take your child's age and add five to it. So if your child's eight, just say they're 13. You parents, when you grew up, that's what your children are exposed to today. Five years older than their age is about what they're exposed to. But remember, their still mental age for that child would have been eight years old. They're not prepared for it, but they're getting exposed to so much more so sooner much sooner. And I wanted to be able to give you some feedback today, just straight from the therapist's mouth about all the families I've worked with, all the teenagers I've worked with, and the trouble I've seen, and also the success I've seen. People who have actually done something with their life, changed their family, helped their teenager, because it's a slippery slope when it comes to social media and addiction and trouble and uh, human trafficking and being able to get distracted in life where I've seen several college students come home regularly from college because they couldn't make it. They were too caught up in social media or gaming, all of that. And it just took over their lives to where they couldn't balance and manage. So today is all about social media and it's all about parents. I just want you to be able to hear that. The one thing I hope parents can do is practice getting ahead of the curve. Just practice knowing things as fast as you possibly can to keep up with what's going on with your children. But truth be told, if parents can't figure out how to work their phone or parents try to figure out what app does what, they can't figure it out a lot of the times. 
and their teenagers or their adolescents are more than capable of doing it. So they understand these phones. They understand technology. And I think more than anything, um, it's important for parents to know that this idea of social media and of phones and of technology, of gaming, computers, can very well be an allergy to your child and you don't even realize it. And if it's an allergy and you're allergic to peanuts, or say your child's allergic to peanuts, are you going to walk them in a restaurant where they're serving peanuts and, and say, here, taste these, these are really good? Probably not, because you know they're going to react to that. It's the same with social media. It's not all bad. It can be used great to a lot of people, but it also can be a hazard at certain times, especially when it's too much. So a few things I wanted to just address and let you just soak in this, uh, just let it soak in, think about it, talk about it to your friends, talk about it to your children too, because I believe in honesty and openness. Um, And I think one of the old adages I try to tell parents of teenagers all the time when it comes to social media or dangers, like everybody's like, well, my child's not doing that, or they don't have an issue with that. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Remember that. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. There's plenty of stuff going on out there. And I've seen plenty of teenagers who have all their stuff taken away from them. And you know how they still do social media? They call their friends. They get in touch with their friends because they could still use a phone or they could use a computer and they're not on their phone and using their apps, but they can go through their computer and message their friends or their friends will give them a phone. Or they'll find a throwaway phone, believe it or not. There's all kind of ways teenagers can get around things. So just remember that. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening out there. And, And I also have said for a long time that I think people in general go to social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, um, Twitter, all of those things for kind of a self-esteem boost. Like they go to it to feel better. But what people end up getting on social media so much of the time is a self-esteem deflator. It's devastating. Many people, it's just like a drug sometimes where you come off with a hangover, you come off with a letdown because what you got on there to do, to check out, to see, ends up being depressing or miserable. And it's because we expect to see one thing or feel one way and we don't. So the dopamine in our brain gets triggered because we think I'm going to go on I'm going to open up my phone. I'm going to check out social media. And then we see friends or people doing things, having things, and many times presenting the best of themselves and not the reality of life. And so just remember, we go to social media and teenagers do a lot to feel better and they end up coming out worse. Um, And I, I heard this in a song a while back, a country Western song where It's the old adage of Alcoholics Anonymous when they talk about drinking and they say, you know, one is too many and a thousand is not enough. (laughs) When it comes to an alcoholic, one drinks too many because they can't have drinks anymore. They're addicted to it and a thousand is not enough. I just could never stop. The same goes true for social media. And when you can't stop, when you can't get off it, when you need to do it more, there's a problem going on. And I want you all to understand the spectrum here when it comes to social media and addiction. Because just 
just because people are doing social media, just because people are gaming doesn't mean they're addicts and they've got an addiction and everything's terrible. What it means, though, is there's a line, kind of a line that goes across, and there's experimentation. This happens with a lot of people, whether it's social media, gaming, dating, drinking, drugs. It happens. It doesn't mean it's all okay. It just means there's an experimental phase where people just try things, and then they kind of move past it, and they don't really do it anymore. But then the next phase gets into the problem phase, and that's where we go from just trying something out into, well, I do like to have it. It makes me feel good. I feel like I'm kind of lost without it, so I want to keep doing it. It's not an addiction yet, but it's a problem, and it's becoming something that's taking over your life. And when that happens, that's the alert to do something about it. If nothing's done about it, it goes to the next phase, which is the addiction. And once you cross from a problem with something into an addiction, you cannot go back. Like they say, once you're a pickle, you cannot go back and be a cucumber. So if you're a cucumber, you get cooked, you become a pickle, you can't go backwards. And once you're addicted to something, there is no going back. You literally have to keep it out of your life. I don't want it to get to that point, and I see families every week in my office where there's a struggle, and I tell some families, this stuff needs to be out of your home, and they say, but what are we going to do? Like all their friends have it, and they have, you know, they're going to feel lost, and they're going to feel like a loser, and they're going to feel like they don't fit in, and I said, well, would you rather have your child happy or well-adjusted? Happy means we're going to give them whatever they want so they feel better. Well-adjusted means we're going to give them what they need so that they grow up to be healthy, confident, mature adults. So remember all of these components of we're trying to create well-adjusted, mature, functional adults in our children. And one of the ways to do that is to know that sometimes just getting it out or keeping it away will help. I just can't say enough to not let computers, phones, um, electronics go into adolescence young people and teenagers' rooms even at night, that they should stay with the parents. They should stay out of their room because it leads to too much impulsive reacting when something dings, buzzes, texts come in. There's no need for it. Once you're sleeping, you need to sleep. So parents, those phones, those computers, they should all be out of there. You should have access to your uh, children's computers, phones. You should know passwords, the apps they're on. You should be friends on the apps with them. Understand they have hidden accounts at times you need to be able to search for. And all you need to do is tell your youth, look, you can do what you want to do. But if I find something secret, that's going to tell me you don't really want this anymore. So let's just put that out there. I'm not going to sit here and go fishing for things. But if I find a hidden account or a spam account that you don't want me to see because of what's on it, it's going to go away. So watch your child. See how their mood is. Watch whether their mood's going up and down. Watch whether they're reactive or irritated just because they don't have access to social media. If they don't have access and they get better and their mood gets better and their conversation gets better, that ought to tell you something, that that's a good thing. And we need to keep more of that, not reinstill it to them. And if you do give things back to them, you need to understand. I've seen plenty of people who say your phone's gone, your computer's gone. Or I've seen them say, you're not going to get it until after all your homework's done. But you know what happens with the brain? They keep thinking about it even while they don't have it because it's up in mom and dad's room. 
or they're thinking about how they can go find it or steal it or get it or sneak it. And their brain won't shut off. If it literally wasn't in the house at all, they would not be able to access those thoughts as much and they would live more of a normal life. Understand if they're still thinking about it, that that's a problem because it distracts them from homework. It distracts them from conversation. It distracts them from regular activity like playing basketball outside or playing a board game. So know the line of experimentation and problem and addiction because it's real and you need to have conversation and you need to have clear boundaries. It's important to let your children know this is what's This is not a bargain. This is not a negotiation. This is not something where you're going to let them decide what they're going to have. I have to have my phone. I have to have my computer. I can't go to bed without it. This is something you decide as parents. And when you decide it, they live with it. If they don't like you or they don't like the decision you make, that's okay. The only time I tell parents they're in the wrong is when they get out of when they talk in a condescending way to their children. Be kind, be respectful, and also set clear boundaries, especially when it comes to school and social media and gaming and computers and all those things that they should not be able to just have instant access to them all the time. I hope this has given you a little bit of insight. It's a quick show. I know I'm going to follow up with more on it, but if you have questions or comments, for sure you can go to my website at tomstevens.us. That's tomstevens with a V, .us. You can go to YouTube now. We're going to start putting these videos out where you can see me doing the show live on video, and that's just search under Tom Stevens LPC. L is in Larry, P is in Paul, C is in Cat. And you can also check it out on Instagram. We have Tom Stevens on Instagram, and we have the website. So if you want to talk to my office, 281-493-4499. Other than that, y'all stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. Like this episode. Subscribe if you can, and pass this information on to somebody that needs it, because we all need some helpful advice like this. Until next time, y'all have a great day. Thanks for coming, everybody.